Hello everybody, welcome to this edition of the ianabernethy.com podcast. In this podcast I'm talking with Christian Wiedervaart of Karate Praxis. So I'm sure a lot of you are aware of Christian's work. Me and Christian have talked uh, alongside each other numerous times uh, in the UK and in Germany. I, I really like uh, Christian's material, the way that he approaches karate, the, the pragmatism, the logic behind it. Uh, but I, I, above all, I love his instructional style. He's just super enthusiastic um, when he puts the, the information across. Uh, it's a joy to spend time with, with Christian on the floor. And I know anyone who's ever trained at any of his seminars will know exactly uh, what I mean. You can't help but enjoy yourself. So I wanted to get Christian on the, the podcast to talk a little bit about his uh, approach, some of his, his ideas, and also his instructional style. Because um, again, I think that's something that all the instructors listening to this uh, would do well to emulate. His enthusiasm is somewhat infectious. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Christian Wiedervaart. So, I'm here with uh, with uh, Christian Wiedervaart, who most of you will know. Christian's written a great many books, uh, has a uh, YouTube uh, channel as well. He's obviously taught over here in the UK, and I've taught alongside him uh, in Germany as well. So, thank you for joining us, uh, Christian. Yeah, my pleasure. Good to good to be with you today. <laughs> so I, I think if we could just uh, start, if you don't mind, just giving us a little bit of your karate potted history, your Superman superhero origin story, if you if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Okay, my my superhero origin story started in '88. I was uh, 13, quite 40 years old, and um, I loved martial arts movies and so on. And, so I searched for a dojo, and the first one I found was in Cologne, too far away for this young age, and my parents didn't drive me, so I had to manage it on my own. And Yeah, this was too far away, and some months later, I got aware that there's a club quite next door, and I, I wasn't aware of that before. And So I went there first time, and I never left. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm in this dojo um, up to now, now I'm um, the advanced class trainer, teacher, and second head of the dojo, and I never stopped training. So, 33 years now, this is um, what I love the most, yeah. uh, beside my family, of course. <laughs> it, 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 actually, I had a similar thing. It, it was the, 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 I was lucky that school friends of mine who were doing karate happened to go to a good school because I just decided I want to do karate. So where do you do it at? And along I went, now I could have just as easily walked into a bad club because you don't know when you're a beginner, you know. So it's interesting that we've both got lucky there. And also you, you, you're heavily involved with the, the, the karate praxis. You know, I, I see the gi badges everywhere. So if you could <laughs> m m maybe tell people a little bit about, about that side of things as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned my book um, some minutes ago. Um, uh, there's a chapter in this book where I describe how it came to Karate Praxis at all. Um, I was a tournament fighter when, when I was in this young age, and I tried to be as successful as possible. And um, I recognized in those days that I... Um, let me put it another way. I I went to a second dojo this this time, 
to train with a very famous and uh, skilled tournament teacher for people who want to f to fight Kumite. And um, this club was quite big. It was 120 members. And we were five guys going to the tournaments. And mm. in this club, all the people had to train three times a week um, all the materials we needed. So they were just our partners. And they learned quite nothing or only a little bit. And no one wanted to go to tournaments. Most of them weren't able to go to tournaments or to try to win. So everything was about us. 150 people, 15 people um, trained to help us to become good. And um, when I was a, fourth, a, th a third degree black belt, I had to do my next test for the fourth degree. Um, I had to write an essay. And that was a moment when I decided to make a change and don't want to, I, I didn't want to be the trainer for those five guys. I wanted to become a trainer for those 115. Mm. So, and uh, so I thought about what can I write about? And this essay was called Karate Praxis then. And it was all about giving success and motivation to those people who don't go tournaments and fight find their success and um, yeah, their success in um, in tournament winnings in places or the, or medals. And so I tried to become a teacher for all those people who don't want to win tournaments and find um, their success in everyday's training mm. in functional movements, move, moves in partner work that is, um, what is the right word, um, realistic mm. and functional for them. And so that was uh, the beginning of Karate Praxis in the end. Because you've got a lot of really good people around you as well, you know, having travelled and taught alongside you. There's, there's, you've got quite an extensive team of, of very skilled, able instructors that you've managed to bring up around you as well. Uh, yes, mm. <laughs> luckily... I knew some of those uh, really talented people um, before. And when I started in 2008 with Karate Praxis um, on the internet and uh, started to teach seminars, no one knew me as a seminar leader. Um, they only knew <laughs> this guy is a tournament fighter and no one wanted to go to seminars with another tournament fighter. <laughs> so, and... This, this was my chance to ask, at first, my, my teacher, Ludwig Binder, and uh, he was well known. I asked him, would you, would you support me in teaching seminars and help me to become someone who is known for teaching and not for fighting? Yeah, and he agreed, and he um, said, we should ask this guy and this guy as well, and so in the beginning we were five, then six, then seven. <laughs> now we are now we are eleven. This, this is a very nice team. Good people, skilled karate guys, and at least two of my fellow 
companions in my team are my teachers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no idea. Again, I haven't spent a bit of time with you both. Um, well, in Germany, of course, and uh, here in the UK. And some of the guys, when you taught in the UK, came over with you as well, mm. which, you know, is, is, is really impressive. But I love the way you teach as well. So, I mean, you know, I... I, I Really like your material. I mean, it's 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 functional. It's it's pragmatic. You've got a unique spin on things. Um, but 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 I also think what's really important is is the way that it's taught. Your enthusiasm is really infectious, and and, and I say that as someone who has a you know I, I get labelled with that. You know that my my enthusiasm is infectious. I always think that you and me when we teach together are like kids who've been given espresso and too much candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. yeah. So, it's like um, two kids so, being at the playground. Alone. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, so, like, like you know, when, like, at the last seminar you and I did together, when we did the, um, we decided to bounce back and forth off one another for a drill that we just basically made up on the spot, didn't we? You know, I labelled it like yeah. this bunkai jazz idea where it was just free form, where I'd do something and it would end in a certain position, than you would, and people kind of really enjoyed it. But, but in addition to that enthusiasm, I, I, I really like the, um, the 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 methodical way in, in which you, you you break things down. So I'd like to talk about a couple of those things. I think if that's that's all right, a couple of the principles that you, you've said. So 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 one that I, that I I really like, and, and I've started using this in my own teaching as well. With with full credit to you, is <laughs> that this this idea of uh, Jordan, Chudan, and Gedan in traditional mm. circles, tends to be quite arbitrary. So, you know, anything lower than the waist is Gedan. You know, from the neck to the, the, the waist is Chudan and the head up is, um, is, is, is Jordan, obviously. But, but, but you tend to put the, the, the Jordan line a little bit lower, you know, just on, on the kind of upper chest based on the responses that people have to being hit, uh, which I mm. think is a really useful demarcation then. It's not arbitrary. So maybe you could expand on that a little bit for those who haven't had the pleasure of learning that from your first hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, why did I do that? Um, I came from this idea of um, physical body reaction after an impact. When you hit or kick someone, uh, and the other one wasn't able to to block it, his body will have a certain reaction. Everyone knows it. And I thought about it. And I I thought and I felt it when, when I trained with partners, <laughs> especially with my trainer, <laughs> who is able to kick and hit me whenever he wants. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I discovered or I got aware I, I didn't discover it because it is so obvious. Um when someone is hit on the head or above the elbow line, the line between both elbows, um, or solar plexus line, or diaphragma, is it right? That's not, not a term I'm familiar That sounds suspiciously German. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe. So this certain line between the elbows and solar plexus, um, if you hit the body higher, then the the head or the body will lean backwards and every every part of the body um, um as low as your toes will bring your um your bottom backwards yeah. and the head forward so and i worked I, I i played a little bit with this and i tried to um explain it that way that people in training with their partners um, on the dojo floor, 
can have something to to plan. That that was a that was a origin uh, in in the idea to give people a plan, a principle, something to um, do it like a chess player. If I attack this place on his body, then I will can expect this certain reaction. And I do it like this, then there will be this certain reaction. And so I made a, a principle out of it and teach it not on technical side, but on um, uh, a target side. So yeah. attack this target, then you can expect this reaction. And then you can plan your further actions because of this reaction. So that was the idea. Yeah, no, I, see, I really like it. I, I, it's a personal preference of mine. The people I always like learning from and working with are ones who teach at the level of principle and not at the level of technique. Because you, mm -hmm. you know, you get one principle and it's got a thousand ways it can be applied, whereas techniques tend yeah. to be very specific. And and that that um, predictable response, I think, is the term that I first used for it, which which you see throughout the karate katas as well. You know, the, the sequences in the kata take into account not what's guaranteed to happen but what's likely to happen so yeah. as you say if you punch a guy low the head tends to come forwards you punch a guy in the head the head tends to go backwards is that like seesawing effect and but you were the first person that i'd heard who had adjusted the jordan chudan gedan uh demarcations to kind of be something usable that fits with that principle so, um, which I really like, and, and I hope it catches on. Because, I mean, the, the one that we, we have tends to be based on the scoring zones of modern competition. Yeah, I yeah, think so too. Yeah, which is, you know, is useful for that. But as, again, if you're, not, if you're talking about anyone else, I think those, those ideas of those responses, and you have some great drills to kind of show that principle in action, some lovely flow to it. So one of the other ones I really like, again, which is another phrase, you have this first things first idea, which is, which is an idea that I recognize from uh, Motobu, um, you know, great practical karate guy of the mm -hmm. past who, who expresses a very similar concept in his writing and his drills. So when I see you do this, it always looks Motobu-esque to me. But again, I love the way that you express it and boil it down to this principle. So maybe we can expand on that little bit as well, this first things first idea. Uh, yes. Um, by now, first things first is one of the probably most famous or well-known karate praxis sayings. <laughs> um, people often ask me about it and want to see me teaching it on and on and again and again. And I will teach some online classes um, over the course of the next few weeks and um, mostly they ask about first things first principle. <laughs> um, Can't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it too. Um, the thing is, I've been always teaching this principle, but um, some years ago, I gave a name to it. And by naming it, people had something to remember it. And so they asked for it. So they, they don't ask for a certain flow, they ask for a certain principle. And uh, as you mentioned, if you teach on a principle-based way, people can follow you as a teacher or your teachings and fill the principle with their best abilities and best techniques. And so everyone can put out or get out the best value of, in this case, my teaching. Yeah, and... Um, so the first things first principle in the end is very easy. It's uh, 
near, nearest target, nearest weapon, um, combined with the defense side of this. Um, the nearest shield is what you use to defend yourself. So in, in the end it is, um, use your limp, which has the closest distance to your, to your opponent, to your enemy, to defend yourself because it has uh, the fastest ability to react. And once you have defended yourself, uh, decide again which part of your body, your limbs, uh, including your head and well, probably your full body weight, uh, wh which has the closest distance or the fastest ability to do the first shot. So once you have distracted your, your opponent with the first shot, you can decide again, what can I do next with the best um, physical flow and logical move um, to do what you can do best and then finish the situation? And once you have striked or kicked back as much as necessary, um, <laughs> be, be safe, find your space and leave. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's it's one of those those as you say, it's those simple tactical things, principle based things uh, that people can fight in accordance with. Because Mortabu's line was um, uh, uh, um, blocking with one hand and striking with the other is not true martial arts. You know, so the idea that if you've if you've intercepted the opponent's arm with your lead arm, then strike with your lead arm because it's the nearest one to the the target. Mm -hmm. And you see him do that a lot in his drills. So I I, re I remember th th this one as well, slight tangent. But you and I were teaching together. Uh, I think it was Southern England, and uh, you you were talking about this first things first thing. So uh, I mentioned to people that you know this had a traditional basis because it was yeah. found in Mortabu's writing. And I remember you smiling at me and said, yeah, well, my teacher told me, uh, take whatever works and call it karate. <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. so, so, so I like the fact, you know, I was trying to explain its traditional validity and you were saying, I don't care. <laughs> it, it, it works, so I'm, so I'm having it. And I love that phrase as well, uh, take what works uh, and, and, and call it karate. Because... I mean, you refer to the cutters an awful lot. You've written books on cutters and applications. So you have that um, strong traditional roots. But like myself, you're not someone who feels uh, restricted by it. You're happy to grow and innovate. So that, that might be a good jumping in point to your, your Heian system books. Because, I, I, again, I really enjoyed those. Uh, I think when, when more and me, more people are writing about Bunkai, you have a – it was a really nice, fresh – um, way of, of, of looking at things really practical, really pragmatic so maybe tell people a little bit about the book as well because if, if they haven't seen that I would highly recommend it if not simply because of the fact it has a highly amusing cartoon of me in it <laughs> <laughs> yes it has <laughs> and I remember um, my artist who makes the, who makes the design of the book um, proposed me this, this idea and I said okay let's do it but don't tell Ian beforehand so <laughs> It will it will be a surprise, and I think that worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I also I, I'm someone who's easy to draw. You know, the bald head and the beard, but that 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 that, that drawing is yeah, that's me. <laughs> I recognise yeah. that guy. I see that guy in the mirror every morning. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so if people haven't read that book, that they, they should, because there's a German language version and there's an English language version as well, isn't there? <laughs> so, and they're both available on 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 Amazon. But maybe just tell people a little bit about what the book covers, and because again, if they haven't checked it out, they need to. Uh, yeah, 
I came uh, to, to be honest. I came I came to the idea to write this book um, some some months or even a year later uh, when we first met in Germany on a seminar in uh, City Achim mm -hmm. near, near Bremen, and uh, you mentioned some things um, that blew my mind. The first thing was um, the the way you move towards in a cutter is not necessarily the the side where the enemy attacks you from. It is your relative position towards the attacker. And I have never heard it before. And um, I I went away and I I thought about this sentence over weeks and it was only confusing. There was nothing growing in my head. It was all damaged. There was it was <laughs> numb in my head. Nothing nothing constructive was there was there. And um, I I worked on this phrase. And um, then you you taught on this seminar what if, what if, what if. And the cutter gives you if some technique or situation didn't work as good as uh, you probably wanted. Then Kata tells you what if and what can you do afterwards. And so these two points brought me to the situation to rethink everything I knew. And I did. And the first thing I did was rethink the Heian Katas. And by doing so, I took a bird perspective. So I didn't uh, view on only each kata. I looked on every five. And so I, th I thought about Funakoshi saying, if you know these five forms, yeah. you know most, uh, you, you know everything to defend yourself in most situations. He didn't say if you, if you know the first one or the second or the fifth. He said, if you know these five forms. And that was reason enough for me to take it as a whole. And so I looked, okay, what, what is the student learning in the first kata? And what what is in addition in the second and addition in the third? And so every new kata enriches the, the, the one before and becomes two katas and then three katas. And by looking on those katas that way, I found out that you learn steadily more stances and um, more ankles and rotations and leverages and throws and a certain behavior you learn in the, in the second kata is uh, enriched in the third kata. Yeah. For example, you have this um, spear hand in the second kata, where you do the first kiai, and you have exactly the same position in the third kata, but there is not the kiai. There are two more moves after that before you have the highlight with the, with the kiai. And I asked myself, why is it that way? Why is the yellow belt taught, um, if you do it like this, you will have won in this situation. And this is a very dangerous technique you are doing and highlighted with kiai and so on. And in the third kata, you do the same thing. But how can a teacher describe the situation? In, this, in the previous kata, you was told, okay, if you do it like this, you will be successful. And in the, in the next kata, um, why should I go on? And there must be a reason. And I searched for those um, situations in all katas. And there are several such um, 
um, um, what is the right word? Examples in 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 the Kata series, and this is what my Heian Kata Bunkai Phenomenon book is about: to point those points out and teach it. And I have not only written the book; I uh, offer a seminar series um, in this regards as well. So this is a whole system that can be taught on seminars and. Um, is available on books and I'm working on an app as well so that people can, um, uh, yeah, someone, when it's ready, uh, download the app and work on in their own speed and um, own possibilities with this material. Yeah, because it, 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 it is really good material. And it's like that, we're talking about that uh, principle-based idea as well. I, I always think some people... Um, and while it's a, it's a nice first step, it's not where we should end. The view of the cat are almost like a bag of tricks. So here's trick one, here's trick two, here's trick three. But but you don't you don't see the logic and the progression. So those those two things are big to me. The idea that you've got a technical progression through the cat, so each sequence is moving on to the next one, and then you've got the combative what ifs. You know, because we all know that techniques can fail. So if I do this and he stops this or it doesn't work, how is it likely not to have worked? And then the cat, as you and I agree, tends to have a response to that two or three moves down. You know what I mean? If this doesn't work, then you go to this option. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, so, you know, people do need to check um, check that stuff out. But you, you, I think as well, the, 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 as, well as going about that principle-based thing, you, you definitely make the teaching um, um, a great deal of fun. You know, people def definitely enjoy the time. And I think where that comes from is it it's very clear that you uh, are the happiest you could be <laughs> when, when, you're, yep. when, when, you, when you're punching people and sharing this stuff um, uh, with people. So, you know, because I always think, you know, I, I know people have got great material, but they, they deliver it in such a dry and laborious way. It's difficult for people to absorb it because they're concentrating on the fact of how bored they are. You know what I mean? To not be able to see the information, but you you deliver it really well. So, I mean, is that something that you 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 naturally do, or are you following someone's example there? But you know, I'm just curious as to your teaching style, as to whether that's a. I mean, I I think I know the answer, having spent time with you on and off the mat. But I'd be interested to know what what you think. Why that teaching style is the one that you have? Oh, I could respond respond to this question um, up to tomorrow. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the first, the first uh, and biggest reason I think is um, I love it. Yeah. Um, from the first moment when I entered the dojo in 1988, uh, I loved it, and I didn't stop. I, yeah, I couldn't, I, I could, couldn't, and still can't imagine to stop learning, to stop training. Um, it is. Karate and the karate community is like a big family for me. Yeah. Um, virtually all people you meet are nice, are with good behavior and manners. And um, it is nice being with such people. So, and um, when you become a trainer, um, sometimes you say, you put it that way that some people have great material, but they um, share it in a 
<laughs> probably boring way. Mm. Um, probably. Um, and sometimes those high-ranked guys um, are treated like someone special. And this is something I did. I, yeah, I, I did decide. I decided for me, I don't want to be this special guy. I'm just Christian. I'm just the guy who speaks with everyone, who makes fun with everyone and um, brings out a joke within the training somewhere. And um, I strongly believe that people are able to learn more and faster laughing than crying. This mm. is uh, one, one point. And um, the second thing is, I, I like seeing people leaving their comfort zone, but not on the uh, heavy physical side. Oh, not only, it is still a part of it, but I, I like to get people out, out of the corner, if you, if you get what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I want them to uh, open up their minds and um, do things differently than they do regularly in their dojo trainings. Um, take another point of view on the seminars. Train a little, little bit different. Combine it with some fun and um, physical um, experiences they probably don't have in their dojo trainings. So um, I remember you, you said once when we taught a seminar together, if you are with Christian in the dojo, it takes only five minutes and then you are hitting each other. <laughs> that, that is one of those moments. People are giving me strange looks when I say, okay, grab yourself a partner, um, bow, and bow and us means nice to have you with me. I take care of you. And then you start hitting and kicking the other one. <laughs> and in, 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 in this first one or two minutes, people look at me like I'm crazy. But two minutes later, they look at me with big eyes and happy and everyone is laughing yeah. and enjoying themselves, eating and kicking his partners. And so um, in the end, the short answer is I teach the way I do because I want to see people enjoying karate. So this is what what is the uh, shortest possible yeah, answer. Yeah, well, no, no, it's the same here as well. I think that the, the, the sometimes this idea that um, see because you can train seriously and have fun. Yeah. I, you know, you know, training seriously doesn't mean that you have to be like serious as in dull. <laughs> you can train <laughs> yeah. seriously in a, a, an exciting and enjoyable way. And I, and I also think you know, in, in terms of that, in terms of getting people to pick up the information, they'll pick it up better if they enjoy it more. In getting people to train hard, there'll be, there might be moments of, you know, a seminar or a training class that, that you know, that, that they, they, they're not enjoying it. But if, if, if you let them know that you're, you, it's them they care about, you want them to have a good time, if everyone leaves with a smiley, happy face, they'll come back again. And, and, that, and, and to, to, it's, it's that combination, I think, of having good quality material give it communicated in a uh, a fun enjoyable way that people can actually make use of i think when you get those things going people you know people enjoy themselves and i, th I think people forget to develop develop that side of their the teaching as well i mean one of mm -hmm. one of my big loves is i love stand-up comedy i like watching comedians tell jokes and the, 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 uh, part of it is because it makes me laugh and part of it it's study 
you know, what are they yep. doing there? What's the timing of that? How, how yep. are they making that story more amusing? So when I'm teaching, not that I'm a stand-up comedian, but I'd like, I want my stories to be as entertaining and engaging as possible. So you try and learn from people who are able to do that stuff, you know. So especially for the seminar teaching as well, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. if people are stepping out of the normal dojo, they've got to have a productive experience, but they've got to have a fun one as well. So you've taught, you know, I know you teach regularly all throughout uh, Germany. Uh, you and I are connected with a lot of the same people as well. So you, you've taught in Finland. Uh, you've taught mm-hmm. in the UK. Uh, you, you've taught in Chris Wilder's place at the the US as well. You know, you, you've, you've done seminars in the US. Um, and Master Ken as well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, so, that was a great experience. <laughs> yeah, well, there's two of those, isn't there? If I remember rightly, is the two videos where you're with Master Ken. Have I got that right? Or have I, I remember yeah. that incorrectly? Yeah. Yeah. We had so much fun. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I was over to, um, to Chris Wilder's dojo in Seattle, um, I had contact with Master Ken and he said, if you like, pop over and we do a video and um, <laughs> yeah, I did. I jumped into a plane, flew over from uh, Seattle to Albuquerque. Um, we did, in fact, those two videos and we killed ourselves laughing. That was so <laughs> amazing. By, by seeing the videos now, you can, um, uh, the one who wasn't there um, can certainly see which one was the first one since I was so nervous in the first seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say I blame you. <laughs> that was that was really really amazing. And the second one was about cutter application, and um, that was so amazing. This master Ken said, "Hey, look at that purple cow," <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we started. And the term "purple cow" is uh, again a sentence you said me because I once mentioned that I. I'm a little bit afraid of speaking English because my German accent and it's not as good as it should be and so on. And you said, why not? You are the purple cow. You are the German. <laughs> so and that, that helped me indeed a lot to uh, come over this fear of speaking English. And now I feel a m- little bit more comfortable. Yeah, well, that's, it's a phrase. That we, I'd say I love that phrase. It was, a, uh, And I enjoyed seeing that in the Master Ken videos as well when you, you mentioned it. But it, it comes from a, a, a friend of mine who takes care of all the technical stuff for my website and for me, a friend of mine called Richard. And uh, he was the guy who, early on, he said, in the karate world, you're something of a purple cow. And I went, you know, what, what does that mean? He went, well... You know, if you drive past a field and all the cows are black and white, you keep on driving. But if there's suddenly a purple one in the middle, everyone wants to stop and look at the purple cow. He says, you know, so there's that thing for being different, you know. So, and I always like for my thing, it, it's the the Cumbrian accent that I that I have, which which I'm desperately trying to suppress, even as I'm speaking now, because when I, I drop into my full accent. Anyone with outside a ten mile radius wouldn't understand me, uh, but but it would, it would often get commented upon. You see, so I thought that those things that make you unique are not things to be hidden. The things to be, they make you unique. Who wants to be the same as everyone else, right? So yeah, and your English is a lot better than you give it credit for. It always makes me laugh that when I travel, where, where people speak to me in in really good English, and then they'd say, "I'm sorry for my English." And I think you know, as a typical Englishman who only speaks English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm always amazed that anyone I'm, and I, I know a few you know hello goodbye and thank you in most of the places that I visit but that's as far as it, it goes for me so yeah it always makes me laugh yeah 
<laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy learning English. So um, I enjoy, in fact, every moment when I have a chance to speak and uh, have contact. And um, being a member of the WCA, um, gives me a regular chance to speak with people from other countries. And um, I made friends in all those countries you mentioned before, in the US and Finland and UK. And this, this is really nice to have the chance to share opinions, uh, um, ideas on a worldwide scale. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. For, yeah, and I think least... the, the wonderful thing about the network that we're part of. So you know, we're we're, we're both um, you know involved with the the World Combat Association, but it's mm-hmm. completely apolitical. It only exists for people who like this kind of karate. And then you think of you know the the you know the, the people that we have in it that you work with on a regular basis. You know, we're we're all working with the same people. You know, you're Andy Allen's, your Les Bubkas, Chris Hansen, you know what I mean? There's that, that like, global, Chris Wilder we mentioned as well. You know, mm-hmm. there's that um, worldwide network of WCA members and friends of the family who kind of, yeah, you know, really. are, are working together just because we have this this common goal. So you've been doing quite a lot of that online during lockdown as well, haven't you? You you and, and, and I think Chris Hansen have got one coming up. You've got a seminar together. And I know you've done some stuff with, with Les as well and Andy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um I did um, a seminar with Andy last year in, uh, I think it was July. That was the first international seminar uh, with Carter Praxis, in this case me, um, and someone from, from another country online. Um, that was nice. And then we, we once we started, we um, shared other um, connections. So I did uh, two trainings with... Um, Brian Bates, that oh, yeah, uh, heavy back man. sessions. Yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah. heavy back sessions uh, with Mel Sanchez Jones and um, Chris Hansen was a part of it. Um, that was really nice. Then I shared a seminar with Chris Hansen alone and one with uh, Les Bubka. And there's a next one coming up on the 17th of April. So next week, Saturday, I will be sharing a seminar with uh, Chris Hansen, 150 minutes two and a half hours and he will share his piece on his views on drills and so on. And I will do my bit. I think this will be fun and entertaining and um, two and a half hours for only 15 euros, 15, not 50, yeah, one <laughs> 15 <five>. euros. <laughs> yeah, one five. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a bargain, I think. Uh, and we will have a blast. This will be a great session. And this is one of the things that, that that I find. See, the more like yourself, most of the seminars that I teach is is me, you know. So it's, it's, I I teach a seminar on my own. But but I always think when you've got the right combination of instructors, um, you get more than you would get from either one of them alone. I find that with you, and I find that with like Chris Wilder and and Les and others that I've I've worked along with, because you kind of bounce off each other a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. and you give each other other openings that the other one then can can then kind of explore. And I think the, the best combinations are when uh, people have enough in common that they're um, the, 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 they're headed in exactly the same direction, 
Um, but they may have different ways of expressing it or different ways of training it. I, I think that's when it's really interesting. Uh, you know, so I, 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 I really do uh, enjoy teaching with you for that, that, that reason. And we, we have some plan for, um, well, as soon as the pandemic's pretty much finished, we hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we do. Yeah, we managed to sneak a couple in during the pandemic when Germany was allowing it. So, um, so, 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 yeah. So if, if people want to find uh, more of your stuff, uh, Christian, there's, there's obviously... You, you, um, the, when I share a lot of what you're doing via my page as well, but if they want to find you directly, you know, follow you on uh, Facebook and uh, YouTube and stuff, wh where would you recommend that, that they go to find that information? Uh, karatepraxis.com is on every social, on, on the web, on Facebook, uh, Instagram and YouTube. And uh, by info at karatepraxis.com, people can um, get in contact via email with me um every time and if there are questions or ask for seminar in in in, in their dojo some some place on the globe um i'll be always happy to get in contact and uh, see what's possible yeah so you're like me you see is the traveling something you enjoy it's not a burden <laughs> no not at all that uh, that is what i love and um in in the beginning of our uh, chat today Uh, you asked me uh, about my aims and, and, and I spo spoke about my tournaments and um, the, the, the will to win a tournament and so on. Uh, today it's teaching, meet, meeting people and uh, seeing nice places. And if I have a chance to go to a nice place, meet new people and share what uh, connects us, karate, then I'm the winner. So... I love those. I love that. And if I can go to a nice place and teach karate, this is amazing. Yeah, that's the thing for me as well. Without without a doubt, the the, the bit that I enjoy, you know, I know karate. It's it's it, it keeps me fit and healthy. Worst case scenario, I've got skills to defend myself. But the, without a doubt, the thing that it's given me more than anything else is the people. It, it, it's mm -hmm. it's those connections with people, and I'm lucky enough that I've got friends in all four corners of the globe and it's karate that's that's given me those those friendships there's nothing quite as much fun for me as, as getting to spend time with people who share the same passion that you have you know yeah. that, that, that really enjoy what they do and, and i know you're the, the the same as that because you know i've, I've spent enough time with you to, to well <laughs> i'll challenge anyone who hasn't trained with christian yet like i guarantee you know go on the floor with him within minutes you go yeah i get it yeah i'll say yeah he is he's he's, he's as enthusiastic <laughs> as ian thinks he is this is like like a toddler who's been given too much sugar <laughs> in, in a good way you know what i mean it's like that high level of, of, of energy because you can tell that you really love what you do you know what i mean and when you do that then people start to enjoy it as well so yeah so i, I i'm glad we, we did do one of these a little while ago didn't we but we had some technical issues where we the sound quality wasn't quite as it wanted to be uh, but i'm confident this one is as it should be and, and you, you're definitely somebody will get on the podcast again and again and again because there's so much you and I could chat about you know I mean the, 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 uh, there really is but I hope people have in, enjoyed this one and I'm really grateful to you for, for coming on uh, yes but definitely my pleasure and um, in the end I want to express two things first thing is a German saying it's um, 
Danke für die Blumen. <laughs> you could, I know you that could one. Be... I know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it. Yeah, yeah. thank you for the means... flowers. Yeah, thank you for thank the compliments. You. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this this is um, one thing I like to respond if someone says something nice to me. So thank you for the flowers. <laughs> And the second thing is um, on the 17th of June to the 20th of June, we both are teaching in uh, Germany on the castle. Karate Praxis Retreat, and I don't know when you are going to publish it, but if you are publishing this podcast before those this date, uh, there are still two places free, and people <laughs> can enjoy the both of us sharing the dojo floor in an historic castle quite next to River Rhine. If someone yeah. would like to have information about it, just contact me. Yeah, and, and we've got several planned as well, so if people miss out on that one, They might be able to get on a future event at the, at, at the same time. You and I have plans to do a bit of teaching yeah. together. And that castle is amazing. As you say, you look out the, the, the dojo window. There's, we're in this castle. There's battle axes on the wall. <laughs> yeah. You look out the window. You're looking down the Rhine. It's, you know, the food is great. The company's great. Yeah. Yeah, they're fun experiences. So as um, the pandemic starts to kind of ease off. That'll be, you know, great fun to kind of get back to that. Likely to be my first international seminar, I think, fingers crossed. So for, for, yeah, you know, uh, since the last one you and I did together, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the last one, and hopefully <laughs> at the same time the next one. Yeah, I can't wait, and I hope that uh, things will calm down a bit in Germany and we can get started in June on the castle. This will be amazing with yeah, people from several countries coming. Uh, this will be... A yeah. triumphant return. <laughs> oh, yeah, wonderful. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> well, thanks very much for the time, Christian. I really appreciate it. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the chance to be a part of it. Th thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. As I said, Christian is someone we'll definitely get on the podcast again to chat through some uh, more of his ideas. Uh, strongly recommend that you check out his material. Uh, Christian puts his material out in both German and English. So if you're listening to this, I assume <laughs> you can speak English. So you can follow Christian's stuff at, at Karate Praxis, uh, as he said, on, on most uh, social media outlets. It's really good stuff. I know you'll enjoy it. So thank you so much for your support of the podcast. Really appreciate you listening in and I'll be back with more very soon. Okay, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.